Hello, thank you for tuning in to our church school lesson for November the 29th, 2020. Hopefully everyone had a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving, enjoying your friends and family. My name is Alberta Taylor, and I am the wife of Reverend Taylor, who is the pastor of New Mount Zion AME Church in Lexington, South Carolina. We will dive into today's lesson, which is titled, Impartial Love. Impartial Love. Let's begin. Today's church school lesson is now in session. We'll start with our church school creed. I believe my AME church school must grow and grow, and that I must make it a top priority to make it so. Every member a Christian, every Christian a worker, every worker trained so that a worker need not be ashamed. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Father God, thank you, Lord God, for this day that you have created. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We are so thankful for the so many things that you bestow upon us. Not only just for what you've done and what you're doing and what you're about to do, but just because of who you are. You are a magnificent God, an omnipotent God, and we love you. We magnify you. We put you first. In Jesus' name, we pray. Oh, and thank you, Lord God, for all of the listeners under the sound of my voice. Please bless them, Lord God, one by one, name by name. And let this lesson be what you would have it to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let us dive in. The title of the lesson is called Impartial Love. And it's coming out of the book of James, chapter 2. And we're going to focus on verses 1 through 13. I'll go ahead and begin reading the lesson and focus scripture. My brothers and sisters, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes come into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please. While to the other one who is poor, you say, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith? and to the heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin 
and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For the one who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder, you have, trans you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Amen. Blessed be the reading of the word. Introduction of the church school lesson. James is the author of this quarter's final lesson on love. After Jesus' death and resurrection, James became a key leader among the struggling believers in Jerusalem. James' message contains practical advice on how to live as Christians. His book is like a how-to manual. In today's scriptures, James focuses on the essential nature of impartiality in the life of believers. Telling the Bible story. First century Jewish Christians who were living among Gentiles in communities outside of Palestine are believed to have been the original audience to whom James was speaking. Stephen had been crucified, causing many believers to respond by fleeing Jerusalem to escape persecution in Acts 7 and 8. Believers from all walks of life were suddenly forming unprecedented communal relationships. The Apostle James proactively attacked emerging conflicts by straightforwardly addressing sins associated with partiality and discrimination. He also reinforced and added emphasis to instructions from Jesus and the Old Testament regarding God's indisputable love for the poor. James uses typical human behavior and experiences to magnify the sinful absurdities involved in showing favoritism. Furthermore, 1 Samuel 16 and 7 tells us that the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Because of favoritism, Biased and improper judgments often occur, resulting in dehumanizing behavior that dishonors Jesus' commandment to love. James is not suggesting that all poor people will go to heaven. Neither is he suggesting that all rich people will go to hell. His point is that discrimination and bias can cause Christians to sin. Neither wealth nor the lack thereof will determine whose name is written in the book of life. Instead, James is pointing to a pathway to eternal life that is marked by allegiance to the teachings of Jesus 
and conveyed through active faith. Of course, one common attribute for the poor should be an aspiration for all. It is their tendency to totally submit to reliance on God more readily than others who consider themselves to be self-sufficient. Demanding obedience to the royal law is another indication of James' fervent desire to encourage Christians to develop transformed lifestyles. The royal law is a synonym for Jesus' law as recorded in John 15 and 12. To love one another as I have loved you. This law fulfills Old Testament law, Leviticus 19 and 18, and it informs godly interactions and relationships for believers. Many other scriptures, including Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Romans 13 and 8, and Galatians 5 and 14, reinforce James's message on the essentiality of Jesus' law. James's discussions on deeds parallels Jesus' teaching on fruit bearing, John 15, 5. He reminds us that deeds or fruits are manifestations of our allegiance to Jesus Christ. James is not suggesting that salvation is not achieved through faith confession. Instead, he encourages believers to see salvation as the beginning of new life in Christ Jesus. True faith is never stagnant. It transforms behavior as well as our minds, intellect, thoughts, etc. From this perspective, James declares, so faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. James 2, verse 17 and verse 26. The Sankofa portion of the lesson. The Honorable Nelson Mandela, former president of South Africa, had keen insights into human tendencies toward bias and discrimination. One of his many famous quotes speaks to these tendencies. Quote, in judging our progress as individuals, we tend to concentrate on external factors such as one's social position, influence, and popularity, wealth, and standards of education. But internal factors may be even more crucial in assessing one's development as a human being. Honesty, sincerity, simplicity, humility, pure generosity, absence of vanity, readiness to serve others, qualities which are within easy reach of every soul are the foundation of one's spiritual life." Um, quote, unquote. The Apostle James addressed bias and discrimination based on social class issues, such as income, wealth, material possession, and so forth. 
While these same issues exist in churches today, bias and discrimination based on race continue to be a long-standing deterrent to unity among Christians in the United States. Lifeway Research 2015 quoted Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. from a 1963 speech. Dr. King lamented the fact that the church is still the most segregated major institution in America. At 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, when we stand and sing and Christ has no east or west, we stand at the most segregated hour in this nation. Mm -mm -mm. In a January 12, 2017 research report entitled Racial Divides in Spiritual Practice, the Barna Research Group acknowledged that progress towards reconciling racial issues, even in the church, has been slow. They proceeded to identify ways diversity impacts worshipers' perceptions on how they value and experience spirituality. For example, they identified racially identifiable variances on how individuals define spiritual progress and the primary goals of discipleship. This could help explain the LifeWay research finding that 53% of churchgoers in their surveys disagreed with the notion that their church needs to become more ethnically diverse. The need for more research is obviously indicated. However, the need for Christians to become more open and receptive to people different from them from themselves with more interracial worship experiences as well as more biblically based teachings on race is indicated. Case study portion of the lesson. Gender-based discrimination and bias also impede expectations of unity among all Christians. One of the most recent prominent protests for gender equality in the church has been voiced by former President Jimmy Carter. In a poignant article entitled, Losing My Religion for Equality, former President Carter shared his painful experiences with having to take a stand that required him to go in a different denominational direction. He identifies himself as having been a lifelong practicing Christian, a deacon, and a Bible teacher for many years. True to, those, to these experiences and teachings, he was obviously able to discern how selected Bible verses were being used to justify decisions that women should be relegated to subservient roles in the home and the church. Service as deacons, pastors, or military chaplains was to be denied women because of their gender. In fairness, he also noted that practices of viewing women as inferior is not unique to any one religion. Thus, 
The former president found it intolerable to continue worshiping in an environment that endorsed bias and discrimination. Life application of the lesson. As we look at other denominations, it is important to revisit our own history. For example, the life and ministry of Jarena Lee are a significant tribute to the AME Church's progress toward gender-based equality. According to her autobiography, Jarena Lee was converted during a sermon by Bishop Richard Allen. She reported having received the call to preach around 1807. However, due to prevailing social, cultural, and religious norms against women preachers, Jarena was denied immediate acceptance as a preacher. She also experienced severe hostility and many demeaning experiences because of her persistence. In 1819, Bishop Allen authorized Jarena to preach. With Bishop Allen's authorization, Jarena held services in her home and she worked tirelessly as an itinerant preacher. In one year, she traveled 2,325 miles and preached 178 sermons. Jarena continued her ministry until her death in 1849 without having been ordained. Fortunately, she was ordained posthumously at the 50th quadrennial session of the AME Church's General Conference in 2016. Bias and discrimination are traits shared by all humanity. How we apply those traits is what matters. From the scriptures, it is extremely apparent that along with, along with conversion, we should seek to know and live more and more like Jesus. Accordingly, as James taught, how we perceive and treat others should mirror Jesus's ways. James also advises that those of us who lack wisdom should ask of God. In James chapter 1 verse 5. Amen. Amen. And that concludes the church school lesson. Here are some questions to ponder upon before we close out. Number one, are you aware of your own biases and discriminating beliefs and practices? Are you aware of them? Do you have any biases, discrimination? Um, it, it could be, you know, anything. Gender is one. Race, another. Colorism, are you aware of any of your own? Number two, how do you see bias 
How do you see bias and discrimination impacting relationships with others? It impacts it tremendously, I believe. And usually it's always pretty much in a negative way, you know, and we have to be careful. But in today's society, even in today in 2020, you see more and more of it. I mean, it is heavy still yet even today. And it does impact relationship with others because you're so busy looking at the outward, you don't get this you know, get to know a person to really see who they are as Jesus sees them. Because you're discriminating, you're biased, you know, making biased opinions about people based off of what you see. And number three, when should bias and discrimination be considered positive or negative influences? Amen. And we'll just close out in our closing devotion. For this, especially for the sake of time. Creator in heaven, you know our hearts better than we do. Please keep us mindful of the fact that those who are the recipients of biased and discriminatory actions must guard against treating others in biased and discriminatory ways. Please search our hearts and reveal all that is unsatisfactory to you. Bless us to confess and repent while committing to walk in new revelations to be gained from your interventions. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. That concludes our church school lesson for today. That was actually our last lesson in our Liberating Faith Studies book. Uh, we'll have some new lessons starting next week. Look out for the home daily Bible readings that I will post on Facebook. And also, please be sure that you tune into our Facebook Live church service and we look forward to seeing you then, and until next time, be blessed, be safe, we love you, and we'll see you again. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye.